morning crypto. Good morning, Warrior Maniacs. How are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I'm wishing you guys all a good day. So welcome back to another episode of our favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant, impactful, and and crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'll be co-hosting today with NFT Tones, but I'm joined by several of my favorite 3T family members. We've got the king of day trading and master of printing bills with Billy. Billy in the house. We got Gonzo the Goliath, or sometimes they like to call him Super G. Gonzo, thank you for joining us. And Coach likes to call him the NFT king. I call him the NFT prince because the king is still alive. But we got NFT Tones in the house. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the White House is talking about banning Bitcoin and other mining cryptos due to greenhouse gases. Celsius, are they back from the dead? They're working on restructuring its business model using Bitcoin mining, ironically. XRP whales are moving coins all around. Will we see a price pump or dump? Let's find out. Another lawsuit against Terra Labs this week? Holy cow, what's going on there? And in the NFT and gaming world, we got Splinterlands announcing a new tower defense game. Dolce and Gabbana NFTs are released in Decentraland. Puma's taking their first steps into the metaverse. And more NFT trademarks have been filed in 2022 than 2021. And last but not least, we got the Queen Elizabeth Ethereum NFT tribute project held at its final auction. So we'll see what's happening there. Remember, our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. For those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time at the 3T Warrior Academy. So with that said, before I kick this over to NFT Tones, I'm going to go around the room and just see how everybody's doing today. Let me start at the bottom. Gonzo, the Goliath, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Super happy to be here. I'm not usually on on Fridays, but you know what? Tones is going to be on, so I, I was able to jump in. And I got two days with Billy, so that's awesome because Billy's my he's my role dog, man. That's my brother from another mother right there. So love you guys. <laughs> Appreciate you all, and it's going to be a great show. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you. And thank you, Gonzo. We got the man, Billy, printing bills with Billy. Billy, how you doing today, brother? Great to see you again. I love seeing you. What's up, fam? It's always a good day when I get to spend it with you guys. G, you know, I, dude, we haven't done a multiple day in a week, and I don't remember how long. Uh, and it's always educational when I'm when I'm with Tones. He blows my mind every week with new stuff. So I'm excited to see what he's got for us this week. That's awesome. All right, great to see you, Billy. And last but not least, we got the NFT Tones. In the house, before we get to you, Tones, I just want to shoot a shout out to our brother, Abs, who could not be here today. He's off taking some much needed time with family. So, Abs, we love you. We know you're out there. We miss you, brother. And uh, Mario, in the background, always helping out. Appreciate you back there. Tones, how are you doing today? And with that said, I'm going to kick it over to you as well to start us off with the usual fear and greed index. Yo, I'm excited to see what is going on in the crypto and NFT space. We have a lot going on and it's exciting. So uh, let's jump right into this and let's start with the fear and greed index. So if you uh, can pop it up on the screen, Johnny, that Uh, would be awesome. Yeah, go ahead and share your screen. Uh, I did. There we go. All right. So as you can see, we are sitting in extreme fear. We're sitting at 22 right now. Yesterday, we were at 20. So currently right now, while we're sitting in extreme fear, I have been loading my bags. But Johnny Crypto, what do you think about the greed and fear index being in such 
extreme fear values. And as you can see, even last week and last month, we were still in fear and extreme fear. So what, what do you think about this? Do you think in the next month or two months that we'll start to get a flip and start to become less and less in the fear side? Or do you think that we'll continue to stay in the fear side for the next couple of months? Well, you know, that's a great question. I don't think anybody can answer that question, but I tell everybody all the time, when you see the word fear, I like to replace it with buy. When you see the word greed, I replace it with sell, especially when you see the word extreme, which we see now. Uh, however, I do believe that there is still some more room to go down, although we got a fantastic big-ass green candle today. I've always said that I thought we would get um, – I thought we would see a, a bottom in July. I thought we'd get a little pump in August and September. And then I'm gearing up for the major crash that I think is going to happen in October and November. So that's kind of still what I'm seeing. That's kind of what I'm feeling. I won't be surprised if we get a little pump in the next couple of weeks. And then I think that's going to be the end if we even get that. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. Oh, you're on mute, Tones. You're still on mute. Here, I'll unmute. There you go. All right. So real quick, Gonzo and HGH, do you guys have anything to say about the fear and greed index? Uh, you know what? Not so much about the fear and greed index, but I'm, I'm sure we're going to pull it up. We're going to go to coin market cap, but it, it's just funny. You know, I, I'm still learning my TA and stuff, but like, you know, yesterday, uh, you know, we were looking, we had lost some levels. We lost, lost in 19.5, 18.8. And then all of a sudden, you know, I wake up this morning and there's this, like Johnny said, this big ass candle, 10%. It blew by all the resistance level and just put us in the next spot, right? If you know a little bit about TA, uh, there's an indicator called volume, um, uh, volume profile. And where there's a lack of it, where there's gaps, um, that's usually where there's thin air and then it just shoots up. And so it just blew right by that and right into the next level. So um, like we had already talked about this. We said that we thought that we might get a little bit of a rally. Uh, everything was looking very bearish. It can't stay bearish. So we got that huge green candle. We'll take it by levels. But, you know, I was starting to think that maybe Ethereum wouldn't get to 2000 before the merge. But now we're like at 1700. So, you know, we'll see. Let's take it day by day. Thank you, Gonzo. Homeless, do you have anything to say on this? What's up, bro? Uh, I really don't pay too much attention to it. I kind of look at try to look at the overall market. I don't think we're at the bottom, and there's you know there's a bunch of different reasons for that. Uh, I don't believe they've done the quantitative easing that they should be doing. Uh, they're still going too slowly into it. The fact that they've been pulling out forty, the Fed has been pulling out forty five billion dollars a month um, out of assets, and then in September they're ramping that up to ninety five billion, and then that coincides with elections, Samita. Um, I really think November is going to be an interesting time once we get past that. Uh, but no, I don't I don't think the bottom's in yet, but I think it's an exciting time. This isn't a time to be scared. This is a time to get educated and understand we're in life changing events right now. I completely agree with you, Billy. So let's hop right into the coin market cap. As you can see, we, we have Bitcoin, which had almost a 10 percent increase in the past 24 hours. We have Bitcoin sitting at twenty one thousand. We also have Ethereum sitting at about $1,700 with about a 5% increase. And as you can see, we have Binance sitting Binance sitting at 292 with a 3% increase and Solano with about a 6% increase at $35. The entire market, as we can see, is positive. Is there any coins or any other projects that you guys are looking at that you guys think that our viewers should be aware of? Um, you know... 
so you, we've got we've had some price movement, right? Like we've talked about, like with our community, we talked about Flow, Filecoin. But if you're looking at something that's like still at a consistent price, I think H Bar. We haven't gone over it yet, but I think it's still at six cents. So um, it's funny because uh, Coach JV was talking to the community yesterday, and he talked about like he added H Bar to the, his portfolio, and he's going to start DCAing into it, right? And and there's some questions came up as far as like. Um, you know, oh, well, why did it take so long to get into it? And, you know, he's very methodical, right, with his research and everything. But it just goes to show patience is the name of the game, right? Because Coach didn't miss out on anything, right? If he would have got into H-Bar last year, right, it would have been at higher prices. And so because, you know, he does his research and he's very patient, this is the time to get into H-Bar when we're close to lows, right? We're way closer to a low. Can we go a little bit lower than six cents? Yeah, we can but we're way closer to a low than we are anywhere near all time high. Right. And so that just goes to show that you've got to keep your emotions in check and that whole FOMO of that. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. No, you're not. You got to have patience. We're in a bear market. These are the times that you accumulate, that you study, make sure you know what you're investing in because it gives you conviction, right? Because when you're just jumping into cryptos, because we say, or coach JV or whoever it is says, then when you get bad news or you get price fluctuation, you don't have that conviction and then you sell and then you make mistakes, right? When you study and you research, right? That's why I'm so bullish on Ethereum because I've done so much research on Ethereum, XRP, HBAR, whatever, whatever I'm invested in, I've done hours and hours of research and I understand what the technology is and where we're going. And so I won't get fudded out. Thank you, Gonzo. And I completely agree. Having the confidence doing the research, it greatly helps you because then you feel confident in that coin. And when something does happen, you don't feel the pressure of selling because you believe in the project. Johnny Crypto and Homeless, do you guys have any coins that you're looking at? Any coins that you, upcoming projects that you think our viewers should be, be uh, paying attention to, especially with the market starting to get a little bit of a pump? Have y'all ever heard of Quant? Yeah, that's one. That's one I just learned out about too. I'm I'm, I'm DCing in the coin. Never heard of that one. Don't yeah, even. Y'all you know. ought to check out coin. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Is that and a coin. meme coin? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That and H bar, bro. I'm going in heavy. Johnny Crypto, anything from you? Oh, uh, you know, I'm I'm sticking with the Fs right now. I'm buying file. I'm buying flow. Uh, I also bought some H bar and I bought some algo. So, oh, there's a little rhyme there for you. So I'm like, I'm like in all four of those, and I'm trying to DC it. I'm just wishing I had more money to be honest with you. But uh, but the reality is, I'm going in slow a little bit here and there because I'm waiting. Frankly, the big buy. I've got money set on the side. I'm waiting for November. I'm not doing any major big buys until November. That's when I think we'll see close to rock bottom. More importantly, I think we'll just get past any bad news and the Shamitha over elections over just a bunch of bad shit that I think may or may not happen. So I want to wait. I'm not going all in, but a little, you know, picking up a few here and there is what I'm doing right now. And those are the four I'm looking at. Exactly. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it. So I'm going to jump right in. And first thing first, we got Johnny's uh, green candle that I don't know if anyone saw, but Look at that massive, massive green candle right there. That is huge, and I'm loving it. So our first article up is XRP Whale moves 672 million tokens. And I was wondering, with whales moving this many amount of tokens, right, it says that 
The tracker, a whale tracker reported that more than 672 million tokens have moved in the past day. So it says that these large wallets went on to move more than 240 million coins to crypto exchanges. With this amount of money being moved to crypto exchanges, do you think that these people, these whales are going to offload their assets or do you think they're preparing for something? What do you guys think? What do you guys think that this is saying? Should people start to be prepared for a, ma- a massive movement in XRP? Go ahead. Let's go first. Uh, I'll go ahead first. I'll go first. Um, you know, it, it's it's always hard to tell, right? Because when you have whales and you have that amount of money, there's a lot of manipulation. And so, you know, they're moving it to exchanges. Usually, like on the normal, when, when you see this, like we had seen an influx of like um, – when you looked at the statistics of Bitcoin coming into exchanges and then again, the same argument came up, what are they going to do? And then there was a sell-off, right? And then we had that, that big red candle that was like what a few days ago, maybe it was uh, last week. And so now we have a big green candle. So it's hard to tell. I mean, they could be getting ready to um, sell, right. And pull profits because they feel that there's a major correction. Like that would fall in line in what we're thinking, right. That in October, or November it, after the eclipses, we're going to get our real bottom. So if Bitcoin decides to take a real big dump, it's going to drain the altcoins and XRP is going to be one of them. Now, XRP is already very underpriced or very pushed down, um, but it still has some room to go. So maybe they're preparing to, to sell and then buy back in. Uh, it's just something that you kind of have to monitor. Thank you, Gonzo. All right, let's go to Billy next and then we'll go to Johnny Crypto. I was going to say with these type of coins, yeah, you want to pay attention to who's moving what and, you know, how many, where the majority is being held. But price action isn't going to affect this until utility is open. Um, and then we'll really get some some price moving. Right now, it's just moving things around. Yes, I think we will get some movement, but nothing like what we're looking for until all the BS clears and the utility part is open. Um, you won't get price of anything or the full full potential of anything until the utility of it's opened up, if that makes sense. Thank you, uh, Homeless. We're going to hop right into our next article, which is Celsius Network is executing plans to restructure. So what's really interesting is they are no longer going to be a lending program. They're now going to become a Bitcoin mining, uh, Bitcoin miners, which is really interesting because they went from lending to now Bitcoin mining. And so they already have about 43,000 mining rigs in the US. And by quarter two of 2023, they're hoping to increase to 112,000. So I I was wondering, what do you guys think this is going to do for crypto? Do you guys think that this is big? Do you think that this will necessarily help Celsius get onto the right track? Uh, Johnny Crypto, do you want to start off here? So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, certainly they're trying to rise from the ashes here and come up with a different business model to stay alive. Uh, The interesting thing here will be that I don't know where they're located. If they're in the U.S., it could be problematic because we're going to get into another article in a minute that's going to talk about banning. So I'm not sure where their their main headquarters are. If they're in China, they're going to be in trouble, too. Uh, So it depends on that one. And number two, then, are they going to try to also maintain... A lending is there going to be some portion of their business that's going to be lending or are they just completely go into mining and dropping the whole lending side of it right then then no longer a lending platform 
They're literally just strictly a mining company. And, you know, we know halvings are coming. Actually, I just tweeted out um, the halvings for the next 114 years it's going to take to get to one Satoshi. So there is some time left, but as you see the halvings, and I'll see if I can pull up that tweet in a minute, you know, we get smaller and smaller every year, which means the reward for miners is smaller and smaller and less. So unless Bitcoin price goes up, it's really not a profitable business in the long term, in my opinion. However, I do expect as the halvings go down, we'll see the price go up, but only time is going to tell. So I do want to point out here that it does say Celsius will stop paying out rewards to users who are still waiting to withdraw their crypto assets. So I'm thinking that they're switching from lending to mining completely. Now, mm. I'm not completely sure, but what what do you think about this, Gonzo? Well, I, I mean, I, so I didn't lose any money in the Celsius thing, but I know people that did. So, I mean, these guys, if they think that they're still going to do lending, forget about it. Nobody's going to trust them. They already don't trust them, right? They're trying to restructure everything that went wrong. And now they're trying to make money by the mining thing, right? What we don't know is their intentions, right? Are they going to make money over the next bull run, right? The next five years, 10 years, whatever that is. And are they going to make people whole again? Probably not, right? They're probably going to do this thing where they're going to offer you. And I think the article maybe touched on it a little bit where they're going to offer you like a discounted rate and they are, or maybe go long is what the article said. Now I'm kind of remembering. So they're either going to say, hey, you could take some cash now, which is probably percentages of what you totally had. Or you can ride with them, right? And they're, they're going to do this Bitcoin mining thing. And then maybe you'll be able to get more of your money back in the future if you ride with them. But the trust has been broken. So, I mean, it just depends. It's going to be an individual decision and whether like how much it was, if you need the money now, or if you're willing to kind of just ride with it, right? But, you know, as far as Bitcoin mining, right? That's what makes Bitcoin, and I'm not a Bitcoin maxi, but that's what makes it so perfect, right? that it's built in the happening and all of that is built into it, right? It's that four year cycle thing that we keep talking about and how the rewards get cut in half, right? Every having cycle and that all gets built in and it falls into what happens with mining and whether it's, um, you know, profitable or not, right? At the beginning when they used to mine a bunch of Bitcoin, um, they're in, they were incentivized to cover their profits to, to release a lot of it, right? So it gets bought up the more that there's less and less or they're mining less and less, they're incentivized to hold on to it. Right. But because, you know, there's a cost with mining, there's always a time where they end up like having to sell and we get that kind of mining capitulation. Right. Thank you, yeah. Gonzo. And I, I think what's really important here is how you said that they want you to stay for the long run because it, it in the article, it says that, it's still unknown when Celsius creditors will get their money back, but the restructuring plan mentions that it will provide customers with the option at the customer at the customer's election to recover either cash at a discount or remain long crypto. So it's very interesting to see that you mentioned that and see the article try to keep the trust and keep the users in the platform. Uh, Homeless, do you have anything to say on the Celsius article? No, everyone knows how much I love Bitcoin. Uh, it just, <laughs> like Johnny says, it depends on where they're going to be at because it's hard for me to understand them bringing in a mining platform, especially with the administration that's currently in office and how they're switching everything over to, you know, carbon friendly, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So 
not really a business model that makes sense to me, but you know, I'm kind of biased because I love Bitcoin so much. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to move on to our next article, which kind of has me excited because this is the second lawsuit this week that is underway against Tira Labs. And it says that Crypto News, Bragger, Eagle, and Squire PC, a nationally recognized stockholder rights forum, announces a class action lawsuit has been filed against Don Quo and Terraform, Terraform Labs. So I find that this is really, really interesting because this is the second class last auction a class action lawsuit against Terra Labs in the last week. And another law firm called Scott and Scott launched a similar one. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that there is going to be a lot more people looking at these companies that are trying to pull rug pulls? And do you think that more of these companies are going to be afraid to actually perform these rug pulls now that people are coming after them? There's lawsuits happening and stuff like that. Do you guys think this this is going to actually help crypto and bring more people involved? You know, I think this is something that this is where regulation is going to have to come in and help set the tone here of what it's like. And then that's going to give the SEC or the CTFC a little more authority to come, come and kind of limit this kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff we need to clean up in crypto. We need to get the the, the bad actors out of the game and try to keep the good ones here. So, you know, hopefully this the sending a message and, and people will start to get it. Um, and I think, you know, this is one of the ways you do that. And then hopefully when Congress acts and we get that in place, that'll also help as well. But that that's my sense. You have to have accountability. As, yep. At some point for, for institutional money and trust to come into the space, you have to have accountability to know that things are going to be safe. It's just like in, in, in the world when you go into – a community. You want to know you're safe when you're buying a house. You want to know your investment's safe. There has to be accountability at some level. So it's as unfortunate, but it's a good thing because, like you said, they are getting the bad actors out of the way. So do you, well, do you guys? Go ahead, Gonzo. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, hopefully it brings the attention of the SEC, right? Because this is a civil lawsuit, right? It's not criminal. Even though they're throwing words around like RICO, if you guys don't know what RICO is, it's what the federal government used to take apart the, the mafia, right? The it's when they went after the bosses, right? Yeah, they went after yep. the mob, right? And they go after big gangs, right? They use that RICO. Um, and so they threw that word around in, in the article that they're basically charging the Luna Foundation uh, that they violated like RICO statute, right? Or that they were, and that they were also sending selling unregistered securities, right? But that's not criminal. This is civil. They're going after them civilly. But hopefully what happens is the SEC starts to pay attention when it hears words like RICO and selling unsecured, uh, selling unregistered securities, right? And they do something about it, right? Because we talk about this all the time. Like they're there, they're supposed to be there to protect us. But then you have things like this happen and right, no one maybe could have foreseen it. Some people did, right? Because it was an algorithm stable coin, right? But even after all this happened, they've been pretty quiet about it, right? You don't see them going after. I know that the, um, I think it was the South Korean authorities were kind of looking into Doquan. But as far as in the US, the SEC has been kind of quiet about it, right? What's crazy is that, um, and I think it has more to do with the way that it's being traded, is that Luna is pumping. It pumped like 200%. Right. Because um, I have a little bit of Luna uh, because uh, they just airdropped it to me. Right. And we all know with the with the Luna Classic token, it's it's kind of like a meme coin that's been pumping. Right. And so I think what's happening now is because this is actually bad news. Right. For for Luna, 
for the regular Luna, right? It, there was a hard fork. She had Luna Classic and now Luna. And But I think what we're seeing is a rotation, right? Because of all the hype behind Luna Classic is the money's being rotated. Now you're seeing money profits that are going from Luna Classic are being rolled into Luna. And then we're going to see the kind of a back and forth where people are trying to play this game and trying to make money, right? They're trading it back and forth. So uh, we'll see what happens. But hopefully the SEC pays attention because that's their job. So do you guys think that with multiple lawsuits now coming for them, do you guys think that Terraforms Labs is in trouble? Do you guys think that Joe Kwan is actually a little afraid with everything that's been going on? Depends on if he can pay the tax. <laughs> uh, at least that's just me being funny. I, it just there's a bunch of things involved in that uh, relationships. I, people who should get charged with things don't get charged with things, and it goes back to having different relationships and what's going on. If you'd have been the normal person and you'd have done what he done, you'd already been locked up a long time ago with the crap that he pulled. So yeah, that, that's a great question. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that, but it goes to who does that man know to already be out this long? Yep, that that is 100%. the real question yep. indeed. Exactly. He's definitely on the rat rat snake weasel list. That's for sure. He obviously is, and we'll see how long he gets away with it. Uh, I, I do want to address this one comment to Mr. Parent. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be wearing college shirts. I, I, this is my this is my college shirt, guys. So this is a, this is all this is as good as this get. We're in three T Academy. We wear tank tops as our business suit. Uh, so hopefully get used to it because you're going to see a lot of it. To come to Johnny's defense, uh, I always wear shorts. Always. Nice. Shelly's like, anytime she sees me wearing like a pair of jeans because we go out to somewhere to eat dinner, she's like always shocked. Like, I don't care if it's wintertime, if it's raining outside, I usually just put on a sweatshirt, but I'm always wearing shorts. So I hear you, Johnny. And uh, hey, show your support for Tones. Make sure you smash that like button, right? Smash that like button and show Tones some love. That's right, guys. Give it a warrior elbow drop. Bang. Smash that like button. So real quick, we're going to hop into our next article, and this is Splinterlands announces a tower defense game. So I don't know if you guys know what Splinterlands is, but it is a very popular NFT play-to-earn game. And Splinterlands is now coming up with a tower defense game. And I think judging by how successful and how much, how many players and how much the game is actually played and how the game runs and how you can rent assets and earn money through playing and stuff. I think that this next game that they make will actually have greater improvements on. And Splinterlands is, has been hinting at another game for a while. And now that they have been, uh, now that they have their roadmap out, we can actually see when they plan on releasing what they plan on doing. So, it's interesting because they're actually using their Splinterlands ecosystem that they already have existed. So they're using SPS, DEC, spout, uh, vouchers, and then they're going to create even new Splinterlands cards that can be used in this game. So it's very interesting how they're building an ecosystem. And it's interesting to see how other games like Gala and stuff are actually making their own ecosystem around their coins. And it's interesting to see more and more people get involved in this. So I personally, I love Gala. I think Gala is going to be very huge, especially coming in the future as they expand and get more games in their palette. I think they're going to become bigger and bigger. And what's interesting is they aren't just looking at one group. Like they're they're going out and finding other developers. So it's not just 
they're, they're hiring developers in-house. They're going out and finding developers out of house so that then it's easier to find games. Otherwise, they would have to create the games themselves. And creating a game yourself is not easy. Like, if you go look, you can see that some of these games have taken 8 to 10 years. Dead Island 2 got announced 8 years ago and is finally being released uh, next year. So it's it's just kind of wild what some of these games can do and how long development actually takes and i think we really really take it for granted because we we've been saying all these games are going to come out but we know that they're going to take time and if you look at traditional gaming some of these games like i said take five to ten years so we still have time for gaming to become what traditional gaming is we just need to give it time but yeah just well, to build on that real quick, Tones, I love Gala. The things they're doing in this space, the ability to bring play to earn, the ability to, to have allow kids to to get um to get, you know, to be able to own the stuff that they actually play in is is super, super important. I think that's gonna change this space. And Gala has has really put themselves in the forefront as the first mover, or definitely has the first mover advantage to take it to advantage of that. So I love Gala. I've got them in my bags. I'm going to continue to buy them. I actually continue to DCA them when I can. And I think they're sitting at five or six cents right now. It's really, really, a, in my opinion, not financial advice, not a financial advisor, not a bad place to start DCAing. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, I've studied that chart a lot, Johnny. And, you know, we had a lot of support at like three, four cents. I think if Bitcoin decides to come down, we'll go back to those levels, right? We were at four cents just a little while ago. So anywhere three, four, five cents, um, uh, you know, a good area to dollar cost average. You think about the move that Gala made, right? And I looked at the chart to double check the work. Like if you would have gotten into Gala at the beginning and invested $500 at its all time high and you got a double top. So you got the first top. And even if you were kind of slow to react, you got a, you got a, a correction and then the second top. And at that all time high, that $500 would have been worth $200,000, right? That's one hell of a move. And I'm not telling you to go FOMO in to um, Gala, but that's just kind of like the speculative nature of some of the cryptos. And if you pick like a good one, you don't need to put tons of money in it. Like we joke about this all the time, right? With Andrew, two to $500, right? $500 would have made you one hell of a profit, right? But you got to make sure that you have an exit strategy, right? That, that you're paying attention and that, you know, you don't just hold, that you pull your profits and then you could have rolled that money right back in at the bottom or in something different. And you'd be sitting pretty right now, right? So, uh, yeah, Gala, I think, is going to be a beast, right? I think recently they um, they hired a, a really big-time developer. I think the guy that developed um, Farmville, I think was the name of the game, on Facebook that was super addictive. I think they pulled him over to their side. So we're way, way, way early when it comes to, like, Gala and, and, and um, you know, NFT and play to earn, right? And so you just got to pick your spots and just be patient. And it, it's not just Gala games. Don't forget Gala is working on music. It's working on movies. I wouldn't be surprised if Gala might be like the next Spotify or maybe even the next Netflix on the blockchain. It, what Gala is doing could really revolutionize like the whole world. And it, it is really slowly and surely coming along. I mean, we are starting to see more and more stuff about NFT games come out on to Epic Games and stuff. So it, it's really interesting. And what I find really interesting is that we're starting to see more and more name brands such as Dolce and Gabbana release collections in Decentraland. And these 
are starting to become really, really interesting because it it's interesting to see, A, their price tag because there's been some of these things that have been going for like $500,000. So it, it's just really insane what some of these NFTs, because the name brand. So it's interesting to see what they can do and what they are doing. And if people are going to buy these to wear them in the metaverse, and I think people will because people are going to want to express themselves and experience stuff in the metaverse that they might not be able to do in real life because some of these assets in real life might go for even double or triple the price that they're going for as NFT versions. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think fashion and more of this name brand stuff coming to Decentraland and that kind of thing, do you think that this will be huge? Do you think we'll plant and we'll see more and more of these name brands come into Decentraland and other metaverses. I do. Ronnie, yeah. Uh, if go you ahead, Billy. You go. Okay, homie. Uh, if you think about it just from a human standpoint, m- most people are vain in nature. So, you know, we all want nice things. Well, the majority of us, that's how they market to us, you know, when you think about it. That's how Nike's got his brand. That's how Dolce & Gabbana got his brand. So when you go into the digital world, people are going to want the same thing. Uh they, they want the nice things. They want the name brand things. It's, it's, it's part of marketing. I've always said, since I, since I heard about NFTs and, and what it was really about, I've always said fashion, uh, sporting memorabilia and things like that were going to be huge. And this is this is what the space needs. It needs the credibility. It needs the name lending part of it. Oh, Dolce & Gabbana's over here. Well, it's got to be legit. Nike's over here. It's got to be legit. It adds to that credibility. And this is exactly what you need in order for the space to grow and be able to scale to what it is, what it has the capability of being. Yeah, I think Billy's spot on, right? This is how they move us into new technologies, right? They use fashion, they use sports, they use movies, uh, music, right? Pop culture, right? They, they, they build this hype around it. And then uh, when you see people that are like, idolized right and and some of these people are idolized whether it's like a sports person or it's somebody in movies or a singer rapper whatever it is they're idolized and then they start talking about it so this is how they move us into new technologies is they go to 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 that um that area of society and then they push it out to the rest of us right to the sheeple uh, if that's what you're into, right? I mean, for real. Like, if you're rocking in the in the in the metaverse, you're gonna be rocking some New Balances, the you know where you go mow your grass. No, nah, you're gonna have some Nikes or you know the Pumas or something. No one's yeah. gonna rock no New Balances unless you know you're just messing around. It's just one of the, maybe you do, and I'm not showing throwing no shade yeah. anymore. I'm just trying to you know throw an example out there. So real no, quick, you, know, if we... you get it too, especially like if you can't like, especially if in real life you can't afford it and they make exactly. it affordable. Right. And so you could put on this whole persona in the metaverse. Right. A lot of we already get that. Right. You get the keyboard people that act a certain way. They talk a certain way. You see their photos. They present themselves a certain way. And in reality, um, they're not that person at all. Right. Coach talks about that all the time with the with the one uh, percent program that he does with the influencers that he trains. They lock themselves into like a character of who they really are. And then they're chained to it. Right. Because then if they reveal who they really are, nobody would follow them. And so that's the kind of stuff that happens. That's what's great about just being yourself. It's so important. Yep. Yeah, keep it 100. 
So real quick, if you look on screen, we can actually see one of the Dolce and Gabbana disco drips, so one of the NFTs. And this is actually what it looks like. And you can see that you can buy one for $850 and that they're only limited to 189 And so it's very interesting to see that they only released 20 different outfits and they kept the amount that they released kind of like relatively small. So it's interesting to see this because it means that there might be a high demand for these and that you could see them skyrocket in the future. Um, so the next thing I want to jump right into is the Puma pounces into the first ever metaverse experience at NYFW. And I think this is very, very interesting because it shows that Puma, the German sportswear Puma is now releasing a metaverse. And it's interesting to see because I think we're going to start to see more and more of these name brands, like I said, come out and create their own metaverses and uh, things where you can use NFTs and get, like I said, limited edition redeemable physical sneakers, which is really, really cool. And if you manage to get some of these limited edition sneakers, I I don't know if any of you guys are sneaker heads, but some of these sneakers can really, really sell for a high price. So what do you guys think about Puma now jumping into the metaverse? Do you guys think that this is exciting? Do you guys think that them releasing redeemable physical sneakers will get more and more people into this? Do you guys think that other sneaker brands are going to follow suit? I I think it was. It's the it's the new wave. You remember back in the day, we'll talk about game, at GameStop. I remember sitting in line at midnight with my kids waiting to purchase a physical game. Now you don't feel, you don't purchase those physical games anymore. You download them. Um, I think we're we're going into this area, and this goes back to more bullish indicators that um, institutional uh, things are coming. And the cool thing, like with Puma and Nikes, you have that um, what's the word that I'm looking for? That base of people that are loyal to Puma and, you know, loyal to Nike. They have a community. Exactly. Community. Just like, yeah. you know, that, that jacket that you just showed, that is God awful. I'd never wear that thing in the metaverse or in the real verse. But if that was like a warrior jacket and it had a, you know, a warrior on the front, I'd rock that thing in the metaverse all day. So it's going to be interesting how it all plays out. But all this with these names coming in behind it, like I said earlier, it just lends credibility. This is all bullish indicators. And Puma's no joke, bro. They've been around for a long time. Yeah, I think when you look at, you know, sneakers is one of those things that's always been a fashion point as well, right? Like, people spend a shit ton of money on sneakers. I don't know why, because I don't have the greatest ones, but my son, the other one, they're like, Jesus Christ, he's spending more money on sneakers than rent, for heaven's sakes, right? So, like, it's a big thing. It's a big thing there. And, and so you will see for sure people wanting to have the most chilling, coolest sneakers in the metaverse. It's one of those things that you just has to have because it's a fashion statement. So, you, you know, I'm not, so I'm not surprised to see this at all. Not surprised to see things happening in Mana. I think Mana, again, has a first mover advantage. I don't know if they're going to be the winner in the long run in, in, in the metaverse. I don't think they will be. But I think they'll be here to stay because of the fact that they have a have a first uh, a first off a first mover advantage. I don't think you should count Mana out. I'm not Mana counting them out. I'm not I know, I know, but but they're I, going I, up I, against Facebook, Meta. That's gonna be a big actually you know, I was gonna say sandbox. I mean I or that sandbox sandbox. I just like sandbox more. I'm invested in sandbox and 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 I think they're just building more. I, I've been on Decentraland and I, I don't know it, it just 
it, it just feels different than when I've been in Sandbox. And I'm not saying that I can't change, but you're right. The two that we have right now are Decentraland and Sandbox. I just I just like Sandbox better, right? It's all preference. But um, yeah. So hey, I got I got a question for how's it going? He says I'd wear a sh wear a shirt in the metaverse. Okay, but what's wrong with wearing a wear wear a shirt in the real verse? <laughs> you can buy wearing shirts on the three T Academy. Come check it out, guys. And by the way, if you haven't joined, yeah. there we go. Look at Gonzo. Yeah, sport full run sweatshirt. Let's go. Let's go. Diamond hands hat. A lot of good three T Warrior Academy stuff. Um, but the reality is, more importantly, guys, click on the link below. You can join the three T Academy if you if you're not a member of the Academy to get a feel for what it's like to be surrounded by like-minded individuals. Um, we got a free link for that. If you want to level up, then you can actually join the Academy. But sorry, I just wanted to chop that in there uh, real quick. Sorry, Tones, keep going. No, you're good. I was wondering, do you guys think with all these metaverses coming out, do you guys think that they're going to start to find a way to combine these metaverses, get them working together, talking together, so that then it's more they're more uniquely talking and you can maybe bring some of your NFTs from other metaverses into another metaverse so that then it's more of you bringing your stuff and it's all interoperable with each other. What do you guys think? That is the million dollar question, right? Um, I'm, I hope so, right? That, that's what the whole point of Web3 is, right? When Web2, you had what they called walled gardens, right? Everything was isolated onto itself. And the whole point of Web3 is not only for us to kind of own our own data and be able to profit off our own data instead of Facebook, Meta, whatever it is, right? Um, but I think we're so, so early. Right now, we're just going to have all these different metaverses that are going to pop up. And then, you know, as we go into bear market, as we go through these cycles, um, I think we'll start to get um, a consolidation. Just like we did with the lending platforms where everything was over leveraged, um, I think there'll come a point in time where we're going to get um, some metaverses that go away and other ones that stay and other ones that get bought up and then maybe are brought in. And that's going to have to do with blockchain, right? It has to do with, and that's why we say it's the future is multi-blockchain, right? These blockchains are going to have to be able to talk to each other for these metaverses to be able to talk to each other, right? You're also going to need a shit ton of data storage, right? That's why we, you know, we're invested in things like Filecoin, or render, render, right? Because they're decentralized rendering or data storage or computing power. You're going to need that because these metaverses uh, need a lot, a lot of power, uh, a lot of computing power. And so that, that's why we're bullish in those kind of projects. But yeah, I think that's where we'll eventually end up. But we're way, way, way early. You know, and I think it's important that, you know, actually World of Energy brought this up. If you're going to invest in any of these things, whether it's the metaverse or shit coins or good coins or altcoins or whatever you want, always, always important to make sure that you guys have <clears throat> an exit strategy. So with that said, you know, here at the 3T Academy, we're working to make a tool to help you do that. And so we're just going to share that tool with you right now. Let me know if you guys can hear the audio. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. 
Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30 day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. And so there you go, folks. For those of you who thought um, Abs wasn't here today, we've got Abs. We keep them hidden in the background. We don't let Abs go too far away anywhere. But uh, that's so important to make sure you have an exit strategy in this space, no matter you know where you're playing or what you're doing. And so click on the link below this video right here. There'll be an ad to Merlin. You can sign up and get a, three, a free 30-day trial notice. When we launch, it'll be this fall. And uh, put yourself in a position to not get wrecked in the market. Tom, If I could just add something about Merlin, Johnny. Please. You know, I, I think the biggest thing about it is that it came out of a necessity, right? If you look at these different um, portfolio apps, um, it's all bits and pieces. Some do something, some do others, right? And so when Johnny and the team got together... They saw where the need was and they were able to think big and put everything into one application, right? The biggest thing is that average entry price. If you don't know what your average entry price is then, then you don't know when the dollar cost average or not because that's a, a personal choice for everybody, right? If you got into um, XRP when it was 11 cents, 20 cents, then right now is probably not a good time for you to dollar cost average. But if you got in when it was a dollar 90 cents 80 cents and you stopped accumulating and now we're at 33 34 cents now it's a good time for you to accumulate because you can bring your dollar cost average down right um that for me that's like the biggest thing and then just knowing where you're at it remembering where you got in at so know if you're in profit or not because if you look at these other apps right coin market whatever it just tells you on the daily whether you're up or down based on the crypto price not based on when you got into it so Anyways, I just think it's really huge. Most of the things that happen in this world, the best things that are created are through necessity. And that, I just wanted to make that note. Yeah, th thank you. Totally agree. Um, you know, there's a question here about whether Merlin can track your uh, average price across Texas. Yeah, so the way Merlin works is once you get your coins put in there, we will be able to uh, track your coins. Yes, it will also have your average pricing as well. So uh it is pretty cool and, and uh pretty smart and pretty innovative so we're excited about it and can't wait to get it out there as gonzo rightfully said i think there's a lot of things of utility we've learned from what's going out there and how to make a better product for you guys to be able to put yourself in the best position to make a decision and know when to sell and not get wrecked in the market so thank you for those words gonzo much appreciated hey i want to i want to side top oh. too because that is one of my favorite things. But another thing is you can follow other people's exit strategies. So if you, you know, have questions about where you should get out, I know coach is going to have his exit strategies on there. I know the team was talking to the bit boy about his exit strategies. So I know there's going to be different influences in there as well. Um, that's huge. So if you have questions, that's one of the biggest questions I get all the time. When should I get out? When should I get out? Well, now, you know, it takes some of that out of it for you so you can just look what what are they doing do you have to do that no but it gives you an idea of, of where they are so i i love Merlin. i think it's it's amazing. yes very very good point billy probably one of the biggest points is having a customized plan so that you can actually see for for example if you're following your favorite um 
influencer or educator, you'll be able to see their exit plan when and when they if they partner with us. So that that's something we really think adds great value to both the influencer and the people following. Um, one last thing, I don't know who the heck Tira Rika is. I don't know if you guys know, but anyway, I have no idea what that means. But nonetheless, tones, the floor is yours. Let's get to that U.S. ad. Or, uh, you mean article. White House article? White House article, yes. All right. Uh, can you pop it on the screen? I guess I could. Yes. There we All righty. So let's hop right back in. Well, let's hop right into this bad boy. So first up, White House report says crypto mining causes greenhouse gas emissions. So uh, as you guys can see, this is this is already starting to look problematic because it says that the White House released a report that says climate and energy implications of crypto assets in the United States. The report covers various topics of importance, including the various effects of crypto mining on the environment. The report highlights that crypto miners should work on minimizing greenhouse gas emissions. It was also stated that crypto miners can seek assistance from agencies such as the Department of Energy and the Environmental Protection Agency in order to put their actions or their efforts into action. So do you guys, so I know this isn't going through it much, but do you guys believe that since the White House is afraid of the emissions, do you think that they could eventually start to slow down or cause a ban on uh, mining? Or do you think that they'll actually force that these miners to actually go out to the energy uh, energy loss groups and see if they can actually make these more energy efficient so that they're not harming the environment as much. What do you guys believe though? Yeah. Who controls the energy groups that they will have to go to? If the government controls the energy groups, then they will make them go to the energy groups because I don't, I don't think they can stop the mining altogether, but they'll, they'll try to control it. So they'll force them, at least in my opinion, to go that route. If they let it, it goes back to that article we were talking about before, you know, it's all climate change. It's all narrative. You have to have low carbon emissions. So why would you let that happen? Um, and if you are going to let it happen, you're going to tax it, which means you're going to have our people run it. Um, just, just my thought. What do you guys think? Uh, my thoughts on the article, to be honest with you, and this is my opinion, it's just FUD, right? That's all it is. Because when they they say that they're going to do more studies, right? And, and when and if they do a legitimate study and they look, um, it, it falls into all those narratives, right? That whole ESG narrative, environmental, social governance narrative, right? And that thing is all, it's just a narrative. I'm telling you, and, and I'm not a big believer of Tesla or Elon Musk or whatever, right? But as a company, they try to be as energy efficient as possible, right? I get the lithium battery thing with the cars, but I'm just saying as a company for their footprint, they try to be very energy efficient. They're low on the ESG. You have companies that are like Chevron or like legacy oil companies and gas that, you know, flare and do all this other stuff that buy credits and because of that, they have a very high ESG score. So it's, it's, it's all crazy, right? Because when you really look down at it, Bitcoin mining, it uses, uh, it's I think 58%, it's getting even better and better, renewable energy, right? A lot of renewable energy gets wasted, right? And so they don't like to talk about that, but if they did the study, they'd see that a lot of it gets wasted. So the Bitcoin mining groups come in and they buy that extra energy so it's not wasted, right? They end up coming into an area and they actually end up upgrading the power grid around the, the uh, for that city, right? Because they want to be the most efficient as possible. There was even an article I read where with some of these um, uh, like regular gas, you know, not gas companies, but oil companies, 
they burn off, um, I think they burn off gas. They're finding ways to take that gas that just gets burned off and goes up and just gets wasted and converting that so they're able to mine Bitcoin with it, right? So they're always finding better ways to be more energy efficient. And I think it's called flaring. That's what it's called, flaring. So they're able to take what's wasted and flaring and convert that into energy to mine Bitcoin, right? Um, they've also done studies like in Texas where it stabilizes the um, power grid for them, right? The Bitcoin miners do. It, it, it makes it more even so it stabilizes it. And I'm not an expert. It's just what I've read. But it, it seems to me like it's just like a lot of FUD. Yeah. Go ahead, Billy. No, I was just going to say, I, I agree. There, there is a lot of FUD. But do you, do you think they will let people come in into Bitcoin mining and the government not have their hand in it or sort of like the SEC? They're going to have a control factor in there. I mean, does that make sense? Or am I oh, totally? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Kind of, that's kind of what no. I see. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, they, they were to go after them through their taxes and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they will find a way through regulation to get them to pay more money. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure they'll find a way. They, they always do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. That's a good point. So what I find interesting, though, is with the Ethereum merge coming up, it's going to reduce 99% of the carbon emissions. So do you guys think that with this change coming up to the Ethereum network, do you think that this is going to somewhat help the carbon emissions? Or do you think that the government will just completely ignore the Ethereum merge and just completely focus on the FUD with Bitcoin? Um, I, I think, no, that's, I mean... They've been the the Ethereum merge has been in the works for years, right? And so that's one of the reasons why they're you know they're doing is it because it, it fits that narrative, and I'm sure they're going to use it um, to attack Bitcoin. But there's no way that they're going to move Bitcoin to proof of stake. That's just not happening. I, I, I they're just not going to change the way that it, it works um, to to fit that to fit that narrative. They're just not. I don't think that the develop the, the community that's so decentralized would, would not vote for that. It would change it structurally. Um, and there's good and bad, right? There's good uh, and bad for proof of work and proof of stake, right? There are different um, conversations to have. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that makes Ethereum look good, right? Um, because it's going to proof of stake. They're going to ride that, that hype of that narrative, right? There's a lot of other things. We've talked about it on the other shows with Ethereum, but um I think they will use that as a argument point against Bitcoin, but I think Bitcoin's going to be fine, right? They'll be able to to kind of push off some of that foot uh, um, w- when the time comes. But there's no way they're changing Bitcoin to, to proof of stake. No way. I didn't think they would. Uh, Johnny Crypto, would it be possible for you to share the articles one more time? All right, so this is my last article. I think we're going to have time for it, but we're going to hop right into it. More NFT trademarks have been filed in 2022, or more NFT trademarks have been filed in 2022 than all of 2021. I find this huge because we're not even done with the year 2022. We're still in September, and we have hit more uh, NFT trademarks now than last year so i find this really interesting and it shows to me that nfts even though we're in a bubble right now that people are still interested there's brands coming out there's people looking at to this 
people filing trademarks. There's a lot to come. And I think as we continue to go on, I think next year we'll see even more and the year after we'll see even more trademarks. I, I think that this is really big and huge news because this is just for the United States. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that NFTs are will start to see more trademarks and start to see NFTs grow in this environment? Yeah, I think the speculative nature of NFTs will start to fade and then we'll get more of the what the real like utility is for them, right? Um, you know, Sony had that announcement where um, they've got their trademarks where they're coming in. Um, I think that N- the NFT, um, that that world is going to be very big when it comes to the music industry, whether it's videos, whether it's like uh, authentication of tickets um, or music and, it, you know, NFT music, um, it's going to be huge and it's going to be a, a huge area of NFTs along with the other stuff like enterprise stuff that happens with NFTs as far as like licensing our medical records, DMV, like um, our, our, um, your house title, like all the, there's all these different use cases for NFTs. I think right now we're at the beginning with the speculative part and then we'll start to transition into more things like what you're seeing here. And that's why you're seeing more and more of these companies that are doing trademarks uh, for NFTs. Thank you. Homeless, do you have anything to say? And Johnny Crypto, do you have anything to say after Homeless? Uh, I, I think this is all, you know, bullish news. This is more acceptance in the, in the space. I 100% agree with what Gonzo said. I, I even think we'll get to a point where, you know, you'll go to a concert and you won't be able to get in without your NFT. Um, or, you know, when just like when they do downloads of music, only certain people are going to get that music. Uh, same thing with release of games. It just takes things to a different level. And if you can understand the possibilities of that, um, it's it's open-ended. Like, the door, we're, we say it all the time, we're at the infant stage of this. This stuff is just, just getting together and brewing and being speculative. When it actually comes to fruition and we see the utility behind it, it's going to explode. Wall Warriors, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And I'm going to hand it off to Johnny Crypto right now. But before I do, do you guys, any of the team, does anybody have any last comments, thoughts that they want to share with the group? Starting with Gondo. No. I love you guys. Good job, Tones. I know I've been there. I'm going to host on Monday. So if you guys want to stop by, but love you guys. You did a great job, Tones. And make sure you smash that like button. Bro, Tones, you killed it today. I'm so proud of you, fam. Uh, just a message to all y'all. Quit making fucking excuses. Get out there and change your life. Get in the academy and see what this is all about. It's some real shit. Thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, so first off, Tones, good job handling filling in there for abs. Those are big, big shoes to fill. We all know that, and we don't try to. Even, we don't even try. But uh, also, shout out to the entire 3T Academy team who's out at the Apex show and meeting some folks and making contacts and, and, um, and learning out there. So we appreciate it And we love you guys as well. And, uh, let's not forget next week. We have showtime on the show as our special guest for Wednesday. So with that said, uh, we'll just wrap this up as we always do. Warriors. Warriors. Ah, nice. Get your shit together, baby. Let's go.